0: welcome to the thrive church podcast listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our sunday worship services and select special services lead pastor brian bauer as well as guest speakers Will bring messages that will help you encounter God. Love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all new encounterthrive.com. And now here is our message. Man. Didn't everybody do an amazing job today? Come on. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, if you don't know, if you're new to Thrive, you know uh, you don't know how hard people how hard people work on a day like today. How early they come, how much they're pouring out, how much goes into uh, a day like today. Um, it's hard work every week, but a day like today is it's a lot. It's a we don't get rehearsal days <laughs> um, very much, and so so just everybody did an amazing job. The team, the kids' teams, the worship team. Uh, Dramas, youth, our kids, our nursery, everybody, amazing. And, and you know, on our best Christmas days and our worst, how do you not? How do you not have joy? Like you're gonna have to work at it. You're gonna have to work at being unhappy in this place this morning. You're gonna have to be like, I, I didn't like those red coats. <laughs> God bless you. You know, it's just there's so much joy, right? You guys ever seen that show? I don't know the name of it, but you know that lady Marie Kondo? Anybody here who knows who that is, right? And she has this, she has this business of, um, she goes around and she like consults, um, and she consults people on the organization of their home, and, and gets them to like, get rid of, like, and expel stuff from their home, and, and uh, most ladies have seen the show, maybe men too, I don't know, good for you, um, but uh, if you've seen it right, how, how does she say if you want to keep it or not? Does it does it bring joy or does it spark joy? I have never cleaned out a closet and been like, you know, I'm going to keep this broom because it sparks joy. <laughs> it's never happened, right? It's, uh, uh, maybe it's a difference of genders thing, I don't know. Um, but there's not a lot in me uh, that, that does that with stuff. But how does stuff spark joy? Which is not actually the stuff, right? It's what the stuff bring, reminds you of. It's what it brings to mind. Matter of fact, we have something for you at the end of service today. But can I get one of them? Can somebody run it up to me? Can I just get one of them? Do we have it somewhere? One of the ornaments. Can I get one? That'd be great. Take your time. There's no rush. We're, I've got a good forty-five, fifty minutes. Easy. I'm. Kidding. Um, how does how does an object like a thing spark joy? Well, if you don't know, and if you can't tell, I'm the Christmas guy. The average church planter would probably not try to do this. The average church wouldn't be like what. The first year we did it, we're like, how much is a snow machine to rent? And I'm like, let's just buy them. <laughs> let's just buy them because we're going to use them. <laughs> and every year, and Brent's made it happen today. Everything working against him. Yep. Yep. Just run. Thank you, Val. Just run one up here. Run. Thank you, Val, so much. I appreciate it. Y'all are going to get one of these today. Everybody, there's we have one for everybody today. It's our gift to you. It just says, Behold, Thrive Church. Not Behold, look at Thrive Church. But like Behold is our sermon series in Jesus. This is just a piece of wood. It's a cool piece of wood. It's a grave, but it's what it represents. That God has done a work among a people here. That God has spoken out of nothing and said, brought life to a community and a people But more than that, 2,000 years ago, out of nothing and nowhere, he cried out. And he saw us. A baby's cry was the cry to the world that God says, hey, I love you. I am here and I am with you. This brings joy because of what it represents. Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. I'm not going to be long. But there's this moment in the Bible, in, in Luke. Luke is a guy who was who a doctor, and, and he did not come to faith right away. He came to faith later. He, 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 wasn't, um, he wasn't one of the disciples he wasn't one of the followers of Jesus. Luke is, Luke is out, of the, out of the four Gospels. He's the only one that wasn't. And Luke is a guy who said, I want to hear about these stories about this Jesus, the one who calls himself the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the one we've all been waiting for. I want to find out who he is, and he investigates. He uses his analytical, scientific mind to say, is this legit? And he investigates, and he, and he and he and he he does his journalism, not journalism today, like real journalism. And uh, and and he goes and he and he finds out, like, is this story true? And then, all right, I, I heard this guy's story. Let me let me ask the guy next to him. Let me let me find out is his story legit? Is what he's saying? And he went around, and he, and what he found out over and over is everything I know about this story is the truth. See, Luke doesn't have. The experience Paul has on the Damascus Road, where he's knocked off his horse and he can't see anymore, and God speaks to him. Luke has a different process, and that's the beauty. God comes to us in our processes and speaks to us the way we can hear him. Luke is a guy who's like, Prove it to me. Tell me if this is really real. And he finds out no, this is real. And he writes the book of Luke and Acts and he records this story about the shepherds in chapter 2 verse 8 that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the glory of the Lord surrounded them and they were terrified but the angel reassured them don't be afraid I bring you good news That brings great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord told us about. What is this good news of great joy? This behold moment that says, behold, there is joy. There is good news. See, the shepherds were nobody. They were the bottom of the food chain for people. Matter of fact, they were considered always unclean so they could never even go to the temple. They, listen to this, God shows up, the angels show up to the people who aren't allowed to worship. There is joy for the unwanted. some of you in this room today feel like in your life nobody wants me oh you are so wrong god wants you jesus came for you he picked you he chose you you are breathing because he made you he breathed life into you he destined your life he purposed you You ever felt that way, unnoticed, unwanted? Just want you to know in this moment in history that literally split time in half, when the God of heaven comes down and he splits heaven open and and the vast armies of heaven show up, he was unwanted too. The king of Israel tried to wipe out every young boy to say I don't, we don't want him he tried to kill them all which is why they had to go to Bethlehem when he got to the inn the inn was like that, hey there's no room for you I'm sorry you can go to the stable in the back the human heart by nature doesn't want God because it means it's not about me anymore there's something above and beyond I, it's not my decisions aren't all up to me but at the same time the human heart can't resolve the problem of does anybody want me?" And that confronts that confrontation and comfort is met in the moment of the manger. He confronts I don't want God, but I want God and I want to be wanted. We all have that battle in us. And the major cries out. The baby cries out from the major, I want you. God wants us. That's the beautiful thing about God. He has no need of us. God isn't in heaven being like, oh man, I'm so lonely. God's good. He's doing pretty good. But that's the beauty of it. He doesn't need us but yet He wants us. The angels just appear out of nowhere, out of what seemingly is nothing is there, and then boom, heaven opens up, and you realize, God wants me, and nobody else may know that if you come to Jesus, if you, if you find Him, if you follow Him, you're going to find out real quick he changes your life and then people are like what what happened to you what why are you different what's what's changed in you i got joy in the unseen he wanted me and he sees me there's joy where nobody else sees start walking in a level of of life and and happiness and seeing the goodness of God and so much more than you ever thought possible yeah man I'm going through the worst time yeah but I know Jesus so something's going to happen he's with me he busted out of nowhere and found me he broke into history and showed up and he wants me so guess what I got joy better yet Joy has got me. I, I don't see it. Yeah, that's what makes it joy. It's more than a smile on my face and circumstances going my way. It's a king who wants me and loves me and says, I'll redeem you. I'll pick you out suddenly an army of angels shows up worshiping do you understand that heaven is at war for you that, 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 that in the unseen demons and angels are fighting for your very soul for your eternity for your purpose the unseen some of you have felt it you felt it in the darkest hour you felt it like that something's going on there's a wrestling. You wake up in the middle of the night and you've had a nightmare and God is speaking to you saying, it's me. I'm calling you. The hell is coming for you, but I am calling you. There is a real God, but there's also a real devil. There's a war in the unseen and armies of angels are fighting saying, come on, come to Jesus. Come to Noah. This is your moment because it's amazing when you come when you do, his glory starts showing up in the ordinary. He gives power to the powerless. He moves He moves in the heavenlies for you. Luke 15.10 says, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of, God angel, uh, of God's angels when even one sinner repents. When somebody comes to Jesus, heaven throws a party for you. Heaven is like, yeah, come on. We got one more. One more save from eternity. And I know there's people in this room who would be like, a loving God wouldn't send people to hell. Hell was never intended for people. Hell was intended for armies of angels that rebelled against God. The problem is, humanity joined them. And if God is good and just, he has to punish evil. And if we join the side of evil, at some point, we need a redeemer. We need somebody that's gonna make it right and turn it around. But we can't do it. That's the beauty of the Christian walk. Some of you are like, well, all gods are the same. All religions are the same. I love you. You're not very smart. You're kind of (laughs) stupid. And not only that, that's a very arrogant thing to say. If I had a Muslim in this room, or or a Jewish person, or, or a Hindi, every one of them would be extremely insulted by that statement. All religions are not the same, but here's the difference of Jesus and every other one. Every single other religion, every one on the earth. Judaism, you have to follow the Ten Commandments, which we believe in that, but we do it by the grace and goodness of Jesus Christ. Okay? Islam, you have to follow the five pillars to work your way up. Buddhism, the four noble truths. Hinduism, you have to work your way up. Every single one, you work your way up and hopefully by the end, you reach God. If you're lucky, and maybe if you're Islamic, Allah judges you rightly. Christianity is the only one that says, how could you ever get to me? And God stoops down to us and said, I've got you. I'll cover the gap. And then... Lastly, you find joy in the found, joy is found in the unpredictable. Suddenly, an army, I love that word, suddenly, an army of angels. Out of nowhere. Suddenly, heaven shows up. Listen, God is often moving where nobody's looking. God is maybe moving in your life, in your heart right now. And he's speaking to you. What if, what if, What if God has been working in the unseen through all the things in your life up to this moment? What if everything in your life has led to this spot right here in heaven from the manger from 2,000 years ago to this moment in a church, in a gym, in Lockport, Illinois? Then God God orchestrated your whole life to this moment to say, Hey, I love you. Say yes to me. It's going to be so worth it. If you don't know Jesus, I love you, but you're not alive. Not really. But man, life in Jesus is so good, it's amazing. And maybe you've just been far from God at church for a long time. Look, if you feel unwanted, He wants you. If you feel unseen, he sees you. And if you feel like it's all so unpredictable, I don't know what he if you let him, he's in control. Give it back to him. How's it worked for you so far? We need Jesus. And a life without him just isn't even worth it. But a life with him makes even the worst worth it. it brings purpose into everything. What if today you saw a God of eternity smiling over your life? God isn't angry at you. God is calling you home. This is the moment that heaven shows up and says, hey, I don't want to punish you. I want to redeem you. I want to forgive you. I want you to have joy again. And joy isn't God making everything better and all your circumstances going your way. Joy is, if I have God, everything's going to be okay. If I die today, it's alright, because I'm going right to Jesus. It's going to be amazing. That's how much He loves you, and I'm going to close with this. June seventeenth, two 2003. My first son was born, Colin. he was born. I wept for two or three days almost nonstop. Part of it was because I loved him so much. This is so amazing. But there was another side to it. The other side to it was because every time I looked at him, I realized how much God must love me infinitely and perfectly. And it it, it's like it cascaded on me like a waterfall. How could you love me this much, God? See, and I don't look down on you if you don't have kids or if you haven't been able to help. It's not that. I'm just telling you, if you have a child, it turns your world upside down. And you realize, holy cow. But it goes further. You realize, you love me this much, but like Forever?